Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen. I know I may not sound like me, but it is me. Radio Islam family, it's good to be with you, fighting through a little bit of a cold or some type of a bug. But for those of you who are new to the show, Radio Islam, we are a live call-in talk radio program. We air every day right here at WCEV 1450 AM, and we stream live, reaching the world at www.wcev1450.com. If you haven't already done so, take a moment to follow or like us on social media at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at the same username on each of those platforms. That is at Radio Islam USA, at Radio Islam USA. If you'd like to call in uh, with a question or a comment, feel free to do so at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. And as always, you can get at us uh, at Radio Islam USA on Twitter and Facebook, uh, where we, are, we will happily respond to your uh, questions or comments. So a lot, of, a lot is going on uh, in the world, and we're going to just take a little, a little piece out of that and we're going to talk about one of the things that many people have been uh, hearing about uh, but may, not, may have questions about, and that is net neutrality. Uh, last week, last week, a uh, decision was made by the FCC to roll back an uh, Obama administration uh, policy uh, called net neutrality. And we're going to talk about what that means. And we have in studio with us today Gordon Demowski. Uh, he is a Chicago area writer, blogger, marketing consultant who helps organizations build stronger online and offline communities and engage their advocates. He's got a strong focus on technology and social change. Gordon started as a nonprofit program administrator and currently works as a freelance consultant slash writer. His past efforts since moving back to Chicago include raising over $12,000 for the Northern Illinois Food Bank as an auction director for Chicago uh, TARDIS. Yes, thank you. Working with Chicago Red Cross, organizing for NetSquare Chicago, and serving on the board of Chicago Nerd Social Club. As a writer, Gordon has had several short stories published in various anthologies and has blogged for Chicago Now. One Cause at a Time, I'll tell you again, One Cause at a Time, focuses on efforts to use technology to drive social change in the city. For an overview of his professional efforts and activities, please visit his website at GordonDemowski.com or you can email him at Gordon at GordonDemowski.com Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, thank you. It's really good to be here. Yes. Uh, and we always give our gr- greetings, uh, the guests, the gr- greetings of peace. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be with you. Thank you. And as a Catholic, I can say, and also with you. Alright. Good stuff. Good stuff. So yeah, so let's jump right into this net neutrality. Um, can we start with uh, explaining um, explaining what net neutrality is. Well, net neutrality uh, came from the Open Internet Order of 2015. And basically, the idea behind net neutrality is that all Internet service providers must treat data the same. They can't discriminate based on the content of the data, 
um, the website where the data comes from, the platform that operates on it, the application, nor they ca can they charge money for specific websites and online content. So, for example, Comcast got in trouble a few years ago because they found that certain sites they were throttling or slowing down the speed, and they got in trouble for that. So net neutrality means that whether you are uh, whether you're Fox News or your WCEV, your data is treated the same. Right. right. And so what the FCC essentially did was um, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, their chairman, Ajit Pai, and two, mem two Republican members, it's a five-person board, voted three to two to roll back some of those protections, which means that now companies could, in th internet providers could, in theory, say, well, um, the most popular metaphor is, okay, you've got one lane of internet access, of broadband access for consumers. But for businesses, you can opt into a faster level of broadband. Right. Now, this was a, a decision, as you said, this was a three to two decision mm -hmm. by the FCC. Uh, the FCC, many people, some people may not be aware of, is not an, uh, is not an elected position. Correct. It's, it's an appointed position. Right. And um, the chairperson, I forget who was the chair under Obama, but he rolled off, and Ajit Pai was um, uh, appointed by Trump. This is an appointed position. He, uh, but a few months ago, made a joke amongst, uh, he was giving a presentation where he joked that he was a puppet administrator for Verizon. Mm. which looking at what happened, and he had always been anti-net neutrality. And the idea against net neutrality is if you, um, you don't need to micromanage the Internet. If you, remove, if you remove the borders, you allow competition to move forward. The problem is, is that the problem with that idea is that now that the rules have been removed, most of the people who are against net neutrality are the service providers because obviously they have a vested interest in, um, you know, it, they could end they end up losing because they have to treat all data the same. They they can't, for example, uh, Portugal is a really good example, and Portugal does not have net neutrality. So service providers there can say, okay, if you want access to email, that's one package. If you want access to Facebook, Twitter, etc., you pay extra. And so um, there's an issue both in terms of additional payment for consumers, but there's also a free speech issue. Right. Well, let's talk about that. How is this a free, free speech issue? Um, with net neutrality, since you didn't discriminate, that meant that certain that, – that everyone had a voice. So you could have mainstream voices and non-mainstream voices you could have a diversity of opinion. Without net neutrality, a uh, service provider could say, for example, well, we're going to allow um, Fox News access, but because uh, we can, they can decide to charge a certain fee for access to, for streaming video, streaming audio. For a show, say, like Radio Islam, that might not be, a, that might not be affordable. So they go, okay, well, we're going to give you a lesser package where, okay, the quality is not going to be that good. Or they're going to say, you know what, you can't pay, you don't play. 
And that's where it becomes a free speech issue. It becomes um, a variation of the golden rule. They who have the gold make the rules. Net neutrality allowed for any voices to be heard. You know what? Um, there have been several polls that have been done on the majority of Americans, uh, their feelings on net neutrality, uh, and it's over 80 percent. 83 percent. Now, for them to make this type of, uh, to roll back net neutrality, uh, it, it speaks to a, a different agenda. Yes. Um, but I would, I would like for you, uh, in light of that, I would like to hear your thoughts on how is this going to affect, um, is, or is this going to affect all income levels the same? Yes, it, it will affect various income levels. Um, since net neutrality, since last week, one thing the FCC has done is that they've rolled back protections on uh, low-cost Internet access for low-income residents. So AT&T has a, had a, has a program called Access, where if, you're on, if you receive SNAP benefits, you can get Internet access for about $5, $10 a month, mm-hmm. a really small price. Comcast had also announced a similar program a few months ago. Thanks to net neutrality, those have already the FCC has already rolled back on some of those protections and some of that funding. The other that just happened in the last few days is that the FCC just removed, they just ended an 80-year-old rule that said that large broadcasters don't need are not required to have local affiliates. So you could say, for example, um, NBC, which is owned by Comcast, could decide to close down. Um, WMAQ here in the city, which means that for consumers, they would only get one source of news rather than local committed source of news. For um, if we're talking about internet access, um, large larger companies would be able to afford better access. Again, going back to the the, the metaphor of consumers get one level, businesses get another level. Well, let me ask this, um, especially in light of the, the, the rule that was uh, rolled back as far as not having to have local affiliates, does this put us on the pathway to resembling uh, the news that we look at uh, in places like uh, Russia or North Korea, uh, places where it is state-run, um, but we, we swap out the state with the corporation? Yes. And yeah, um, given the current tenor of the um, the administration, which is certain companies provide fake news, it's being slanted towards a particular conglomeration of corporations. So it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of, um, in my opinion, mm. uh, as much state-run, but the state has made it clear that they have certain corporate interests at heart. Right. So you mentioned some of the some of the benefits uh, of net neutrality for low income mm-hmm. Americans. Uh, so it would be safe to say that they would be they would be the first or hardest hit by this um, by this lack of net neutrality. Yes, um, but we're all affected by by the by net neutrality. Sure, the internet um, has become as much a part of our social infrastructure our civic infrastructure, our business infrastructure, as, you know, roads and bridges and kind of the larger 
and streets. It's it's become a it's become almost a must have in this. Um, what net neutrality did was it made sure that it was protected. It's um, net neutrality being uh, rescinded is equivalent to what happened in Flint, Michigan, with water. You know they decided to use poor materials to fil- they filtered their water through. Diff- we know what the end result was was that Flint still does not have decent drinking water. Um, what net neutrality did was it essentially, to use a really bad metaphor, poisoned the Internet. Because what's happening is it's taking away access from people who legitimately use it and giving it to the hands of a few. It's becoming another resource. It's becoming um, a have or a have. It's becoming a have or a have not issue. Folks, if you are just tuning in, uh, we are talking with Gordon Domowski. Uh, he's a Chicago area writer, blogger, consultant, um, and I thought this was pretty interesting. The uh, serves on the board of the Chicago Nerd Social Club. I used to be a board member of the Chicago. Um, I left about two years ago, but I, I was a. Um, the Chicago Nerd Social Club is a. It's um, it's a group of people with nerdy interests. So everything from Star Trek to Doctor Who to. Um, we do a couple of. Um, they have a book, a science fiction book club. They work towards inclusive spaces for geeky, nerdy people. So, all right, hmm. that's 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 a good crowd for me, actually. <laughs> you, you know what? I can introduce you. Just say the word. All right, all right. I'd appreciate that, uh, folks. If you have a question or comment for Gordon, uh, anything that you'd like to uh, add to the conversation, feel free to call us at three one two seven five zero one one seven eight. That's three one two seven five zero one one seven eight. Yeah, so, uh, Salaam Alaikum, everybody. Ibrahim. Yeah, on that notion of uh, the nerd club, right, I guess that ties into why the internet kind of uh, exploded in popularity, was there was this free place, right, where everyone is supposed to, everyone is free to find their own niche, kind of, if you're into this subject or that subject or these kind of movies or whatever, and that was kind of part of the identity of the internet, which made it boom in such a spectacular way so and that spirit i think was um kind of signified in the 2015 resolution too of the fcc where affirming net neutrality so you see that creative environment that free speech environment where anyone's able to find their niche and say whatever they want do you see that really in jeopardy now too yes when you look at the fact that um just in in terms of social media you've got people who are building businesses on the digital infrastructure. Um, my, my day job is I work in online marketing. So I help with social media strategy. I help with SEO copywriting. But you also have a lot of um, creative people on the Internet. So another one of my um, associates from Chicago Nerd Social Club uh, is a singer-songwriter named Don Giannimo, who... Um, she runs a dance troupe called Rocks Geek, which is nerdy belly dance and fire spinning. But she's also done some work um, in terms of uh, relief for Puerto Rico. In fact, she even has a, uh, a benefit album out with various Chicago bands at artistsagainsthate.bandcamp.com. And one of the implications is, is because this is a smaller effort on a small um, band camp, which is for, specifically for musicians... There is the opportunity to do something that wasn't there before. 
you know, these are all people who, who these are all musicians who work locally. And the internet allows them to develop an audience for without necessarily having to, um, in a very immediate way. You remove net neutrality. Well, um, Bandcamp as a site might be downgraded. Yeah. A lot of these musicians, if they're if they have to, um, if they have to earn a living, don't have the ability to access. They won't have the ability to access. And if you've got a few companies deciding who has, you know, who gets access, it's it would be Taylor Swift, for example, versus uh, a, a lo- relatively local person. So I think without net neutrality, you don't have people starting businesses. You don't have people being able to put out their work. Um, I am what I am a new pulp writer. There are a a lot of people, um, people like Derek Ferguson, Kimberly Richardson, Adam Lance Garcia, uh, Tommy Hancock, who write kind of action adventure like back in the 30s, only with a, with a modern twist. Um, a lot of us um, use the internet to sell our work. Right. Um, two of my publishers, Airship 27 Productions and Pro Se Productions, use um, online tools, not just to actually create the books. You know, they they distribute via Amazon, Kindle. You take the internet away. Not only will writers have a hard time selling their work, but actual businesses will be impacted. That's why net neutrality is so important because it assures that it. It's kind of like um, if there's a major street. So we look at um, if. Here in Chicago, if the Dan Ryan or the Stevenson became a tollway all of a sudden, travel would be impacted. Mm-hmm. And you'd also have um, you, you'd have a lot of people who rely on, um, if you're driving from, say, Chicago to St. Louis, and you have to pay a toll, a lot of businesses wouldn't be able to do it. They'd have to figure out another way to do it. This makes me think about the impact on nonprofit. Uh, that, first of all, Ibrahim, that was a great question, um, and it made me think about the impact on nonprofits, uh, crowdfunding, fundraising mm-hmm. online, uh, having that access restricted. That could be a major. Uh, that could be a major blow. In addition to, uh, you mentioned uh, entertainers, uh, musicians, and artists. Uh, that that's. This is huge. Yeah, that's that's why this is um, this is such an important issue because it's not just um, you know you talked about back in the '90s. Back in the '90s, internet access might have been a cool thing to have. Now it's it's almost it's necessary. Yeah. Um, I've been in argue I've been in heated conversations with people who've who've said things like, "Well, why do we still need libraries? Everything's online." Well. Libraries serve. Libraries are community hubs. Uh, libraries also provide internet access for people who, who don't have it. Here in Chicago, we have the Internet to Go program at our library, where you can check out a hotspot. Um, libraries also serve as central information hubs. And so the idea that it's the irony that yes, you need, you wish you had a place where you can get all this information, but if the roads blocked off. And you have, you're you're basically doing a disservice. And net neutrality is basically telling people, you 
the right the the information that you desire you cannot have access to and it's basically turning it into you get to have it you don't and we're turning that decision over to a small number of companies Mm -hmm. i think it speaks volumes that um various websites like dropbox github and online providers have said this is a bad idea because they see it as part of their business model is depending on a free and open internet and what's beautiful about net neutrality is that if i go to the library and i go work out of say um uh, say like a mcdonald's with wi-fi i can get the same amount of information without net neutrality the library i might get a different set of information and access to sites than I would at McDonald's because McDonald's usually depends on either AT&T or Google, whereas the library, um, I think they have their own internal network. I, I don't know. I don't work for the library. But it's, it's the idea that people should have equal access to information and people should have equal access to be able to put their ideas, thoughts and ideas out there. So it's not just an issue of corporate interests and a financial issue, uh, and it's not just an issue of free speech. It's actually all of the above, including providing basic utilities to people who it's very difficult to live a regular life in the United States without Internet access, period. So it's actually all of the above. Right. 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 And um, it is an all-the-above issue. And I'm sure there's someone listening who's thinking, well, what about cell phones? Well, one of the biggest opponents of net neutrality is Verizon. And Verizon happens to, I, I'm a Verizon customer. Um, net neutrality, a lot more, I don't know the exact number, but a lot more people are relying on their smartphones for and mobile devices for access. So, yes, net neutrality affects you if you are a mobile user as much as if you're opening a desktop or a laptop and accessing the Internet. You know, yeah, and I think about that as a as a user who uses my hotspot on my phone to to work while I'm on the train. Mm -hmm. I pull out my laptop, and you know that's an hour of work, and the possibility of of having that slowed down or having that taken away from me. I mean, I see I see plenty of people on the train doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So that is, and I guess we can see uh, how this issue even crosses over into being a, a religious issue for us as Muslims because in Islam um, it's forbidden for someone like if you have a well where people gather water it's forbidden yes. to block off that well right. it's forbidden to charge this person more for water or something that they wish actually need to function right. than it is for someone else and basic utilities electricity and so on by the same token by, this, by that extension it also applies to that so now we're seeing that internet access not just here in the United States, I think even all over the world in developing countries too. Um, it's growing still, but it's becoming to the point where people need internet access to go about their daily lives. Therefore, it becomes forbidden to favor some people over others just based on their economic level or their corporate interests or something like that. Yeah, so I think I, in that way. Yeah, I think a couple of years ago, I forget the organization who promoted it, but there's the idea going around that basically the idea that internet access and digital access is a basic human right which i I am which i know a lot of my peers agree with and i agree with because it's become such a part of our infrastructure and it's also allowed 
it's allowed us as a as a it, various countries to interact with each other. Um, you know, I would not be here if it weren't for the internet. I mean, Tariq actually sent me a note saying, "Would you like to be on the show?" Um, we connected, and I, that's the and I think that's the power of. That's the power, not only the power of the internet, but why net neutrality is so important. It's a way to bring people together and a way to break down some of those barriers between uh, cultures and nations, which, unfortunately, in you know, in our current political climate, seems to be not welcome. Right. Well, Radio Slam family, we're going to close out this first section, uh, first segment of, of our show tonight. I would thank Gordon for coming in and shedding some light on this uh, very important conversation and we're going to keep our eyes on it so we i'm sure we're going to be talking about it again um if you could quickly tell folks where they can follow you uh on social media okay well if you want to follow me on twitter my uh, twitter is at g-o-r-d-o-n-d-y-m uh if you want to check out my facebook author page it's facebook.com slash gordon r Demowski. And I'm on Instagram at Gordon.Demowski. Okay. Thanks so, thanks so much. 